Happens, hell yeah. Whatever happens, happens. All right. So, uh, banana milk coffee. <laughs> that, yeah. Uh, well, thanks for coming. Yep. Welcome to the show. Uh, I have so Grayson Slade and yes. Kayla. Uh, you guys want to give yourself a better introduction than that? Sure. So, I'm obviously Grayson Slade. Um, I was a one-man band, and then I met Kayla on the road here, made her my bassist, and now we're doing kind of a duo thing. Uh, we have the drum track, usually. I have a drummer, actually, that's only going to do this this big show, and now I'm going to be trying out some other drummers. But but yeah, traveling traveling act right now, and Kayla here, my girlfriend and bass player. Introduce yourself a little. <laughs> okay, I did it for her. So, so, so you say like made her your bass player? Is that like was there a contract she had to sign in blood? Was this like some Faustian so, bargain? No. So the so the it, so she never played before. Never thought she had musical talent. Right. I meet her at a show in Sevierville, and we hit it off. Stuff like that. We we were together for a few months. Just never thought this would go to music. I just thought this is my girl. Come to my shows. We do our thing. Right. Um, we were on this trip one, to get my car actually in Texas, right? And we stopped at one of her friend's house that she knew over there to stay the night. And he had a guitar she was kind of messing with and he mentioned about playing the bass. And I was just like, I have a bass. I make these tracks. I'm a one-man band, right? So, but like 2022 version, right? So not with the, the harmonica and the cymbals and all that, right? Like I have my backing tracks that I've already played the bass on, yeah. already done the drum tracks and all that stuff. And so I was like, I have this bass and it's right-handed. I play upside down on that bass, right? Because I'm lefty, but but my bass is right-handed. So I was like, you want to try it? And so we get back to, to her house and starts playing it. She picks it up real fast. And I'm like, you might be a natural. I mean, I'm just saying, you know, like I'm not trying to push you in anything. Maybe it's a hobby. So then uh, I go to Texas for, a, for part of my tour. I come back and then I'm like, hey, you want to play a show in a week in Chattanooga? So I start teaching her, and she just picks it up. Two of my songs, right? I said, you "Learn originals, because if you mess up, no one knows what happened, right?" So she and then she just two songs turned to four songs, and so it, it's just weird how it developed. Never knew I would have her as the bass player. She never knew she'd be playing bass. It's crazy. And you know? I don't have a background in music at all. I yeah. have a background in theater, so like performing in front of people wasn't a problem. But the bass part, he just had to teach me. Yeah, yeah, and we speak the same language. I feel like, like. I, well, I'm a self-taught musician, right? So when I'm teaching her, it's not with all the theory and stuff. It's more like, like so I taught her a lot of 12-bar blues at first. And I was just like, I just kind of taught her the pattern. And then I was like, and then just move it down by the key. And if you don't know what key it is, I'll just tell you. Start at fret three or something, you know, or start at fret five. You know? And then she was just like, I get that. And she would just play it. And now she's starting to learn more about what the actual key, the notes, and all the yeah. stuff, right? But, but that just got her on board. It was really cool. So, do you have like an ear for it? Like, does playing by ear help you at all, or is it pretty much what memorizing and like playing? Because I couldn't imagine being my age learning, <laughs> like starting from scratch with music right now. It's hard to put myself in your shoes. So, well, I'm very math minded. So, most people who's ever talked to me about music, I have no idea what's going on. Mm. But he's also kind of math minded. So, when you look at the patterns and more of the structure and less of like the theory or the keys or whatever, you know, I'm learning that after the fact, mm -hmm. but just, I don't know, just the way he taught it was easy to pick up. Yeah. Interesting. And for anyone else, like I said, listening to this show and, and if they ever think like you think, right, I couldn't do it. And let's say you never, like there's someone listening right now who never started playing and they think they're too old. Maybe it's just the way somebody's teaching, mm -hmm. right? It And I'm not saying I'm a the best music teacher, but maybe find someone who's like me, who is not the best music. And I'm doing quotations. I know I can't see that. <laughs> Air quotes, right? Air quotes. But just saying like, like, again, I, find someone maybe who isn't the guy who's going to start teaching you too much theory. It's going to go over your head. Because, um, yeah, I was I said she learned fast. Now, she might just be an extreme natural. Well, I get overwhelmed kind of easily, too. So, like, he knew that going into it. And we had to get... You know, yeah, we like, take... okay, this is too much. Don't teach me anything else today. Let's just practice what you just showed yep. me, even if it's the smallest, simplest mm -hmm. thing. Build on it the next time. Yeah, and know? that's why I said taught her with two. I was like, two songs, and then we played like, let's say, maybe three, four shows like that. And then mm -hmm. we, I was on break before the next tour, and I was like, let's try to get to four songs now, right? We have like two weeks to learn. I was like, you could learn two more in two weeks, you know, and then and then it just grew from there. And then she her skill got better, so then it started to, to be able to 
push Pick up faster. faster. Yeah, because yeah. so then she started noticing the patterns are the same. Where it's like, that's yeah. like almost the same exact song. And I'm like, yeah, it is. It's the same thing. It's just one thing's different on the change or something, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, so she started yeah. picking stuff up. But also playing with the drum track, like the drum track doesn't mess up. Yes. So as a bass player, like that was, you know, it was my backbone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, got to start with that and then introduce her to live drums. Because I wanted her to feel that. I was like, yeah. you got to know. It, it's beautiful, right? When all pieces can move a little bit, but it's scary when you're really fresh because yeah. one little thing off and then train wreck. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> if you're fresh, right? Absolutely. Yes, especially her performing, like, in front of crowds when, like, you just started playing, like, last week. You know, like, that's, that's a lot of pressure to have a drummer maybe do some a different fill and then ruin it, right? So the drum track helped her out a lot. Yeah, can definitely say. Played a lot of shows <laughs> where I just fucked up a drum fill and I definitely rely on my bass player to be like, yeah. don't change to me. Yeah. <laughs> just keep doing your thing. Yes. I'll yeah. get back on. Yes, yeah. and that's the thing. Like with her being new, I was like, she didn't have that ability. So if there was a drummer behind us, it ended up being like, like she's going to fall apart. You're going to be like, oh, crap. And then I'm up there going like, oh, shit. What are they doing behind me? You know? Yeah, like, <laughs> everybody's trying yeah. to find the one, but nobody can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's getting better because even, yes, I told her about that, too, about starting. Because uh, sometimes the drum tracks, like, like when we're at practice, I'll just have it going, right? And then I was like, make sure you start on the one. And then at first it was kind of like she didn't know what that meant. And then so she started like on the two. And then I'm like, it's, it's just kind of wonky. Like you can still play, but it's a little bit off. Yeah, but everything. then I'm like, what's wrong with yeah, this? Yeah, and Why I'm like, well, let's could you right? start it on the two. You know, I was like, it's fine. It's fine. I was like, you know, but and then, so then now she's getting it though, where yeah. she could just like feel it. I don't even have to like tell her like, and now, you know, like <laughs> she just jumps in. So And he's never let you forget about that. Start on the two <laughs> once and that's you for the rest of your life. Yeah. Uh, no, see, I think it's a hundred times harder with original music, though, because, like, we had this thing. We've been playing together for fucking 13 years, to, yeah, like, since we were 12. I mean, Damn, nice. It yeah. started with uh, For Whom the Bell Tolls, and now yes, it's... Yes, now Hell it's, yeah. So, like, w when we try and write new music, like, we're sitting there trying to lock in on a groove that doesn't exist yet. And our first week of mm -hmm. writing this, like, new set of songs right now was like, fuck, 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 because, like, it yeah. just won't add up even if it's something simple in 4-4 there's times yeah. where it's just like the groove isn't there yeah it's like trying to hit a moving target because yes. yeah when you yeah. have original music you don't have anything to yes towards. yes i totally get that too because like with covers yeah. you know it, like the fill for in the air tonight is the fill for in the air tonight no yeah. drummer's gonna fuck that up and there's yeah. a reference track and you can like rub their face in that yeah but with your original stuff especially if you haven't even recorded a demo of it there's mm -hmm. no mm -hmm. you know and everyone's gonna play it different if you mm -hmm. have different drummers mm -hmm. they're gonna feel different different skill levels like yes the the band i play drums in i'm not a drummer so i always take the easy fills yeah. always take the nice pat boone <laughs> debbie boone whatever yeah. the fuck you want to call it yeah 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 so make it fit so i definitely yeah. applaud you guys for that so yeah how long have you two been doing your duo stuff yeah, but how long have you been learning the bass? I'm so kidding. I started, I think, mid-January, and then I played the first show in Chattanooga beginning of February. Yeah, February. Right? So, like, yeah, I got yeah. back. Actually, it was the last the last few days of January I got back from, yeah, from Texas. Like yeah, and she was playing the first weekend of February in Chattanooga with me. So it was pretty much, it was literally one week. Like, I think I got back on a Sunday or something like that. Yeah and had her playing on Friday. So less than a week actually in Chattanooga. And then the Saturday in Newport, which is a little further, you know, the middle, kind of middle of nowhere over there. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so it was really quick. She had a little bit of time before I went. I taught her for about a week before I left to Texas in December um, and ran her through and she was, but she didn't practice while I was gone. So I had to kind of refresh her, but she had, I knew she had the talent at that moment. Cause I was like, man, one week and you already learned some stuff. She didn't play in front of a crowd, but but I saw the potential. Yeah. And so she's been playing since that first week of February, all the tours since then till, till now. Yeah. But it's different cause we play every weekend. So I've had like a whole lot of practice, but mm -hmm. sometimes like even like a sound guy asked me a question. I'm like, I don't know what that chord is. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking <laughs> <Yeah>. about. Like <laughs> Last night we had that happen actually. They try to talk to her and give her and like go over stuff, and then I'm just like, no, talk to me, like, like, and, and they're just kind of like, and I'm just like, look, I'm not trying to be rude. I'm trying to explain it to them in a way that they understand. Where I'm like, I'm not trying to be like, I'm the guy who runs everything. Like, I'm not a control freak. It's just that literally, you're not speaking her language. She's just kind of going like, mm-hmm, and then she comes over to me anyways, and then it's like, 
This guy said something about that, uh, you know, you need to turn blah, blah, blah on or whatever, you know, or there's too much delay or I, she's like, I don't know what that means. I'm just like, it's fine. Let me go check what's up with my, with my amp or, you know, something, but she doesn't know anything that's happening up there, you know? You know, do you want to go out of the PA? And then she's just like, what does that mean? I'm like, it's like, it's cool, you know? You know, I go to make sure it's all set up. Yeah. She's still learning. She's fresh. Oh, yeah. Jay's not that bad. It's the musical terms he doesn't know. Everything. Oh, yeah, dude. When keys, yeah. chords, I'm just like, all right, I'm out. Going for a smoke. Just yeah. call me when you're all done with this musical yeah. shit. He hates tuning. Like, just the concept of tuning is yeah. just Oh, like, dude, if I get into a... When I get called into... Oh, you guys want to play drums? Yeah. You want to play drums for our band? Sure. Yeah. Walk in there, they're like, all right, guys, let's tune. I'm like, I'm fucking leaving this band. I'm not, <laughs> y'all get tuned up before I even come there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm just a drummer. I'm a stupid drummer, but... Yeah, yeah. Great attitude. Love working with him. <laughs> Great attitude. Yeah, no, but you, you, sh- you gotta be you, you know? Like, I have my things, too. Like, one of the things with, and with, with, with other musicians is uh, being prepared, right? Like, coming in and being like, okay... Like, let's play these songs, and they've never looked at the song. Like, they never looked at any of the song lists. They expect you to teach them the whole song right there. And that's one of those things I'm just like, you didn't look at the covers or the originals, which are on YouTube. I sent you all the videos. That's one thing that makes me want to yeah, be yeah, like, yeah. I, I have to leave now, you know? Yeah, <laughs> the least you can do is listen to it. Yeah. The least yeah, you can do is listen to it. At least listen to it. And even if you don't know it yet because you're not vibing with it, but understand what I'm talking about when I say there's a stop in the middle and 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 then we come back in and then they're just like what yeah you, you, know? gotta, yeah. you gotta do your homework on it. Yeah, yeah do the homework sure. yeah that yeah. that that bothers me know where there's <laughs> a bridge know if they key Absolutely. change whatever yes yeah. yes or i have one of my songs form. that has a tempo change right right and it's like and you have to literally like stop and and and, and then she has like a little bass little intro solo with that and it slows down and it kind of goes with a cool groove and uh and sometimes they're just like what what do you mean well but i think the bass intro to that helps the drummer out because the tempo is changing yes so quickly you know yeah yeah but yeah just that's the thing bothers me yeah so i get it when you have your thing where you're just like no you know this is my thing it's my pet peeve i I gotta have it you know (laughs) so so being a one-man band like especially you said being a one-man band in 2022 Mm mm-hmm so what was your approach? Because obviously you said you didn't do the traditional bass drum on your back yeah. and like there were the shaky <laughs> graves kind of thing. Yeah. So like you had pre-recorded drum tracks, maybe yes. used Ableton or something. Uh, break that down. For I me used, a so bit. I used GarageBand. Fair. So I had bought a, a MacBook and it already had it installed, right? And uh, so I just started playing with it, trying to do stuff. And this is I had a band at the time when I bought the laptop. Just you know, I was just doing some other stuff with it. Uh, my drummer got sick on one show, and this is back in Texas, in San Antonio. Uh, so I, that day, he tells me he can't make a show. And I'm like, crap, you know? So yeah. I'm like, you know what? There's this program on my laptop. You know, I talked to my bass player at the time, and I'm like, I'm going to make these tracks, set the tempos down, and we're going to just see if it works, right? We do it. We play it through the PA. It sounds cool. It's a big show, actually. There was like hundreds of people there, and I was just like, it, so it worked. And I was like, okay, that was cool, okay. Then the bass player bails on me on a show, right? later on right and so then i'm like so then i record her parts of the bass you know and so then so then i'm just sitting there going i have the whole band in this laptop and i'm like what do i need these people for right and, and they can't travel with me and so that's when the one man band starts to come into my mind where i'm like it was hard to do it before because first pay splitting the pay yeah. travel you know you can't fit all these people in one car and all these things and and, so, and they have lives, right? You know, like you can't just be like, hey, you want to come on the road and live my dream with me and leave all your family behind, you know? Like, yeah. so, and so... You got kids? Right? You're just like, yeah, there's postcards. Come on, man. I think this bar has daycare. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they got a cool spot in the back. There's a patio. <laughs> the smokers love hanging out with your kids. Oh, actually, there's a 24-hour play place. We can drop your kids off there while we play. Exactly, right? Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's where the idea came in my mind. And, and so then I started, I was still in Texas, played a few shows with the laptop. I started doing, like, other kinds of shows, like like restaurants and, and little farmers markets, things like that. And so I started just growing my, my set list. Then I started opening up for other bands in the in some of the clubs down, like the metal bars and stuff. And it was just, everyone loved it. They were liking what I was doing, so I was getting confidence, right? Then I was like, I always wanted to go on a tour. I never had left left yet, and, and just wanted to say I did it. 
right? And I was just like, but I'm not gonna just sit here and wait for someone to like grab me up or something, right? I'm just, I'm just gonna make my own tour. Just gonna go call places, set up some ra- a route and, and do my thing, right? So you were your own manager? Yeah, every, I do everything myself, I still do everything. Fuck, bro. I do my own, I do the, the tracks, I do the graphic design, I do all the marketing, posting. Yeah, I do everything. Work. Yeah. Work. Yeah, it, it is. I do my own sound most of the time too, you know, unless there's a sound guy there at the place like last night, but most of the time I do all the stuff and I have my wireless thing, so I go out in the in the crowd and I make sure it sounds good before we start the show and stuff, you know? And usually I have my little little board there just to do some tweaking right next to me. Like it's not out in the in the middle of nowhere, you know. So yeah. yeah, I do everything. It's a lot, yeah. But to cut down on cost and all the production, I just do everything. But yeah, so I started calling some places, and I called out in Tennessee and Alabama. That's right, and that's where I wanted to head. So this was like the the shutdown time, right? And I was looking for places that still were doing stuff that weren't as restricted, right? So that's why I came. I was like, well, the South is still rocking out here. So I call up some places, and they're like, yeah, we just don't have that many bands anymore because a lot of people broke up. And so I was like, well, if I came out here, would you would you hire me and let me play? And I, I told my thing. It's a one-man band thing, but it sounds like a full band. It's got the tracks and everything. I played through a PA. Um, and they're just like, hell yeah. So I came out here, and it was born. Just did, I think, maybe four shows the first time and, and went back to Texas. And then I was like all pumped, and I was like, that's so cool. It felt so good to be on the road. Like, I'm a real – I felt like real for the first time, you know, like a real touring musician, you know. So then I did it again. I did like maybe six to eight shows or something like that. And my music was doing better out here. So I decided at that time, and this was uh, summer of 2021, I was like, I'm going to leave and live out here on the road permanently. And I'm going to tour back to Texas now. Just because the way it was, was just working out was the, like I was getting, making more money out here, more fans. And so then 21, I left and just lived in my truck out here, just town to town all the time. Have you hit Nashville yet? No, I haven't done Nashville. The closest I got was Cookville, little yeah. town. I play mostly small towns. Yeah, I'm sure biker bars and places yes. like that. Um, because, I mean, just that's who's going to take anybody during the pandemic. Yes. All these high-profile bars yes. and like things on the main strips are yes. going to take shitty cover bands that... Dude, I watched one. I was in fucking Nashville. They... Four guys, one dude played the intro riff to Jesse's Girl, and he played it a little too long, so they were like, oh shit, we're going to do it. And I could tell nobody in that band had ever played it before. Yeah. I think the drummer has never even heard the song. He was like some <laughs> like 18-year-old kid. Yeah. But like, for me as a listener, that's what I love. Yeah. I want to hear you fuck up Jesse's Girl. But yeah. at the same time, I'm like, you're in Nashville on Broadway. Like, yeah. How? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. guys are supposed to be good. You yes, know, you guys are supposed yes. to be able to play anything. So Yes, yes. Yeah, uh, it's it's totally oversaturated. Got to get it in where you can, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, so, it, like, so you live in Sevierville? Is that home base? Sevierville now, yes, because that's where I met her, and that's where she lives. And so, after we met, I just started, I made it my kind of home base, and that's what we talked about when we first met, because it was kind of like, okay, you're on the road, how do I be with a guy who's never around, right? And so... I told her that I have dates already booked, right, all the way till, and I met her in October, I have dates booked till, I think, January, right, all the way down to Texas. And I said, well, once I'm done with that, I will start to book around you, as long as you're cool with push, you know, pushing through with me for this time, right? Because I can't cancel. I've never canceled a show, ever. So, like, even those ones, those guys dipped on me, I showed up, no matter what. I always show up. And so I was like, I can't cancel on anybody. Texas, no, I got to go. It's what I do, you know. And uh, so she stuck with me. And then now I've made it my home base where we, and you know, and now she's my bass player. So now we go about two and a half hours in a little radius with her. And when I go further, I go my one-man band thing, like down to South Alabama and stuff. Nice. And uh, you sing? Yeah. Yeah, I'm singer, lead guitar. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) And that's one thing about being the one-man band. Like, if you are going to do this... You have to you have to be a singer, even yeah. though I only wanted to be a guitar player at first. But I had to grow into that role, and you have to be a, a frontman. You're not just sit there and you yeah, got no yeah. one around you to, to highlight. You got to be entertaining. You're one man, you know. And the manager and the sound guy, <laughs> yes, and the graphic you artist. You got to learn all these things. The, yeah, yes. No, I, I started with a fucking Squire Strat and a fucking Vox amp, and then here I am. Yeah. And like it keeps going. I keep learning more shit that I didn't know about. I was studying some fucking sound thing about like, I don't know, some kind of 
Corleone effect bullshit with amps. <laughs> <laughs> I don't fucking know. Corleone effect. Yeah, bro. It's Does like they make you an offer you can't refuse. I, I remember I spent like <laughs> six months learning fucking impedance, and I was like, "Where's the fucking love, man? What happened to the rock and roll?" Now I'm learning how speakers work. I'm a fucking electrician now. Yeah. Jesus Christ. There is yes. The sound guy last night was talking to me about that. Actually, and I was just like, I get what you're saying, man, but like, I, I don't really know what to do about it, you know? Like, yeah, like, yeah. Give, tell, tell me something I can do. Speak yeah. English, motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he was, he brought up some points, you know? He looked at one of my, my little charger that I, that had, I had bought for this little, I had this pedal. But it's a it's a suppressor pedal to keep like the gain buzz down, like a noise gate. Yeah, and so I had a. It didn't come, I think, with the little chart, the the plug-in, right? So I bought another one off Amazon that I thought matched it, right? And uh, or it maybe came with it. Maybe it was a deal package deal, but it was some dude selling it, right? So, anyways, it didn't match. I never looked at. It. I never looked at the little side of it, you know. Male to female, or is it a stereo with the one strip or two strips? You know, it's the yeah. I never bullshit. looked at if it was enough milliamps or blah blah blah, right. whatever the thing is. But he starts talking about that's that's why blah 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 and this, and I'm just like, well, that's I'm glad you noticed that, but <laughs> I can't do anything about it now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. How does that help, right? Yeah, now? and I was like, but cool, but but it's just crazy how people who know that stuff, like they know the. The speaker side, as opposed to the music, they can find those little things and be and tweak stuff, and it's great knowledge. Yeah, I learned it from fucking up. I mean, yeah. we, we played at a fucking gas station one time. Yeah, and I brought the wrong fucking like connector for my my monitors to like the laptop, and so yeah. when it came to the one part where I had like a sample trigger, yeah, nothing because I fucking didn't connect it right. And then I mean, we've had what two keyboard players walk out on us on stage two before, and had players. to just keep on trucking. Like, it's, yeah. yeah, I will say to, to that point. So obviously, I know nothing about the actual like musical musical part being just this stupid drummer I am. Oh, you, should stupid drummer. you should ask for You should do a rig rundown real quick. That too. Well, oh yeah. Weirdly enough, I watch a lot of guitar like rig rundowns. He knows more shit than me. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. I have no good answer. But yeah. anyways, I work like as a tech guy, like as a software engineer yeah. type guy. But I've gotten very used to bringing quarter inch jacks and power strips and like yeah. quarter inch to XLR. Yeah. XLR to XLR because every band I'm in, people always forget that fucking shit. Yeah. So that's where I guess to your point of like, there's some people who know the kind of the wiring and the speaker thing. Yeah. That's like more me. Yeah. Don't even understand any of what this pedal maybe will actually do, but yeah. it could tell you about the whole voltage or whatever. Yeah, but you know, like just your experience has taught you that like I need I need to bring chords because we're not going to play the gig if these guys don't have their chords and they're going to forget that's what they're going to forget it you know? strings <laughs> people <laughs> always don't have power yes, strips yes strings I've been caught doing that before that it's just you're like you know you're one you just broke a string you got a, you got an extra pack that's like missing one string out of it right and you're just like I'm going to take the risk I'm not going to break that string tonight of course you break that string and you're just like crap so either now I have to put a different cage string for the one I need, right? Which feels weird when I do that, you know, where I'm just like, like, it's like, this is way too thick for what this string's supposed to be, but you stretch it to make it tune. Or somebody go runs home and grabs me some strings or something. It's like, I got some in my house. And I go, you know, I've done that. But I try to be like, buy like a pack of like three or five off Amazon or something of strings yeah, yeah, just yeah. to always have them. Cause yeah, shit like that shit happens. happens. Yeah, it does. It always bites you when you when you don't want it to. Yeah. So you got this big show coming up at the Sevierville yes. Auditorium. Yes. Civic Center. Yes. Civic Center. Oh, yes. Okay. So my whole my whole goal out here. How'd you get that gig, by the way? It's so big. it's big. So my master plan, right, was like to <laughs> nice. do this. This is what my whole thing was when I said I'm going to go touring, right? Was I'm I want to go to these bars, these small bars, right, the biker bars, or anywhere I can go. You know, I, I'll take a city too, but I kind of just kind of thought maybe they won't let me. It's it's fine. But I'm going to build a crowd, right? And when I have enough people who show up to these bars for me, I'm going to take them to an arena, a small theater. I'm going to rent an arena. So this is all produced by myself, right? And I'm going to hire everybody from the door guy to the other bands to, you know, myself who's a sound guy, everything. You know, like I'm going to do most of the parts, right? But I'm going to create a self-produced independent show when I have enough fans in a market and Sevierville happens to be the first market. It was the first place I played when I left uh, Texas actually. Like for some reason I went there first, right? And then I kind of backtracked to Cookville and then went back to Chattanooga. It was all like zigzaggy, right? But that was the first place. 
And so I've built the most fans there. And so that's what it's all about. So it's so I'm bringing a band from Chattanooga. They're called Days of Deception. They're opening up. They're just some guys I met on the road while I was playing. They came to one of my shows. I like to kind of give back and be loyal, right? When I meet somebody, if I feel like they invest in me and, and, and like me for who I am and not just trying to like, you know, use you or whatever, right? For like, you know, hey, can you fill in on this show? Or can I steal you as a guitar player for my band? You know, because there's guys who do that, that stuff. But if they really think like, no, you're cool, I like you. I want to give them back for coming and meeting me and giving me that olive branch because they can, you know, you can, you can be a jerk and run you out of town, right? And be like, oh, the new guy, let's, be, let's treat him like shit. Or just know? talk yeah. mad shit behind your back to yeah. everybody. Like, oh, yeah. He, yeah, don't go see that guy. Yeah, he's a yeah. sex offender. Yeah. He's a and, racist. And, you know, and then nobody whatever. sees my shows and I'm wondering why everyone hates me in town. And then I just yeah. say, screw this town, I leave, right? Right. But they offered me that olive branch. So then I, so I called them up and I said, hey, I got a show in Sevierville. Would you travel? And they said, yeah, hell yeah. And they want to get new markets. I'm like, that's badass. Okay. So I got them as the opener, went and found a drummer that I've opened a show, a band from Knoxville, Southern Steel, kind of a Southern rock kind of cover band. They play a lot of shows around here, but I opened for them once. I'm pretty sure I've seen their ads on Craigslist, actually. You probably have, because they, they play a lot. <laughs> They're yeah. older guys, right? Older yeah. dudes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they play a lot. And so I opened for them one time in Sevierville, and... So we stayed in touch ever since then. So I call up the drummer because he actually jumped out of the band because of family stuff. Because they're older dudes, right? So he has a senior in high school. So he's like, I got a lot of stuff to do with this with my kid. I want to be there. Can't be playing shows three times a weekend with these guys. Yeah. So he jumped out. So then I messaged him. I said, hey, would, I know you want to do your family stuff, but would you want to play one show? It's not like a bunch of stuff. And he's like, hell yeah, I'll play one show. So that we got him. So that's where we're going to go practice later with him. Um, and so that's how I just built the whole thing, man. So it's just all created myself. Everything's risk. If it fails, I'm literally the one who takes the whole loss. And I'm, yeah. No, I, I yeah, respect the hell out of yeah, that. Respect. Because I've always had the a very similar idea of you crowdfund the show. So that way you make sure that you come out in the green, but they pay for the rental of the place. Yes. They pay for pretty much everything. And then you can always add bonuses like, okay, so if you donate X, you'll get front row seats until we sell out. And that's, yeah. that's kind of how you sell the place out is yeah. put the cost on them. But yes, I mean, you're actually fucking doing it. So that's yeah. fucking cool. man. Yeah. Like, but the risk is on you because it may not work. Some people just be like, nah, I don't want to, you know, just, just whatever. Cause some people are just cheap. It's a man. Wednesday night. It's a went, come on, man, not a Wednesday night. <laughs> yeah. And that's a tough, and so yeah, finding the right day as well. Right. Like with all the stuff happening, especially in Sevierville. Yeah. It's Bro, a very big, like every single town. weekend there's a car show. It's game yeah. day this weekend. <laughs> yes. You know what yeah. I mean? You gotta, oh, yeah. you gotta be fucking careful. You gotta be careful. And so that's a, yeah. And that was a tough one. Yeah. So I actually picked the date for the show because I've lived in Sevierville yeah. longer. I was I try like, to just talk trust to local me. People. Yeah. Let's do the first weekend of yeah. October. It's going to be great. Are yeah. you, are you related to Dolly? No, no, yeah. I'm not even from Tennessee. <laughs> do you so <laughs> what? <laughs> do you know her? <laughs> no, no, no. You're not from Tennessee. Yeah. So are you both Texans or? No, I'm from Kentucky. Ah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm from Texas. She's Kentucky. And she had moved to Sevierville, and then I just happened to be touring, touring through. It met her. And you've been traveling before you were touring. Um, well, no, I mean I have traveled before in my life, to right. just whatever you know. But this was my first, like, I just on the road doing it, man. You know, like I that's what I just twenty twenty December. I was just like, I'm I'm out doing this, and I just took off and. Did some tour, you know, I sold everything, just said, screw all my stuff. I don't need anything. And, you know, and then I went back that last time to really cut ties with all the stuff I needed to. Like, I put my car at my dad's house because I was like, I don't have anywhere to put this anymore. Like, you know, and just, and then I took off and yeah. So it's just been, it's been a ride, man. <laughs> Living the dream. But it, but it, it fits my personality. Like, the other times I had traveled, I kind of always just liked being driving and on the road. And right. now it's a grind, sure. And of course, I mean, if, if I could just teleport, I would take that route, right? But but you you just, I like to enjoy the moment, even if it's not the best moment. Right. Right. Learning to live with your feelings and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, it's easy, especially with road life, to pick up addiction. Yeah. I totally picked up alcoholism when I was road bumming around. Yeah. Uh, after settle, I moved to Knoxville a year ago, kind of okay. sight unseen. I was also doing a traveling thing with some drums. Yeah, and I found out like I got accepted to UT to because like I have half a degree and I was okay. gonna finish it here. I had no idea I was gonna be here. Never yeah. been here before in my life. <laughs> yeah. So like this was a year of not 
living out of my car and not fucking being in a different city every day. <laughs> yeah. So staying in one place in a year really like left me with a whole lot of shitty habits that I picked up on the road. Yeah, that, yeah. That it's acceptable when you know you're not anywhere for any length of time, but like. You know, once the people at the gas station start looking at you and going, no alcohol this time? Yeah. Uh, uh, and yeah. then you're like, oh, fuck, now I have to go to a different gas station? Yeah. Fuck. Or, or they stop carding you, you know? That's oh, I've, I've long since stopped carding you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, see, you call it alcoholic, I call it gas station celebrity. Yeah, yeah. 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 I signed yep. autographs. F- fucking A. Yep, yep. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. So, what's the date on your uh, Civic Center? It's coming up, right? Yep, October 8th. So, next... Saturday. Saturday, so it's a week, about a week away. Yeah, yeah. Saturday, next Saturday. Nice, yep. nice. From what time to when? 7 to 10. 7 to, wow, so yeah. it's, it's big. Yeah, yeah, yeah 7 right. to 10. So the other band is going to do about an hour, and then we're going to do the last two hours roughly, you know, with the set, with the change-up. So it's going to be, you know, 10 minutes off here and there for the bands, you know. And I'll be change. singing for the first yeah, time she's gonna, this one. First time. Oof. That's yep. something to see. Come out yeah. for that. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Which is also interesting because... Um, I officially quit smoking cigarettes about two weeks ago. Congrats. And that has helped me so much with the singing. Mm-hmm. Have you read the book? There's a book called The Easy Way to Quit Smoking by Alan Carr. No, I had my own method. Nice. So I I went down like one cigarette a day each week. So I started at eight a day, and then the next week was seven a day. So I spent two months quitting smoking, but it's so much better because I wasn't, you know, a terrible person. Yeah, <laughs> that's a, I just want to say that's a very smart way of doing it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. you have to hold yourself accountable. But the main thing about quitting cold turkey is, what's the point if you're just going to pick it up in two days because you can't handle it? Well, yeah. I think every time I've also quit cigarettes, but it's easy to slip back to. Like I smoked mm-hmm. a cigarette today. Yeah. But fucking, it's like the extent of my own dishonesty with myself. Every time I reach for a cigarette, it's. How many lies am I gonna say say to myself to mm. smoke this? What am I getting away with? <laughs> what am I indulging? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, like I said, fucking addiction. It gets you in all kinds of ways. You don't have to be a heroin addict to be an addict. Some people mm-hmm. are fucking food addicts, mm-hmm. social media addicts. Like mm-hmm. we fill the void with whatever. Yep. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. The food ones, I feel like probably the worst. Course. I'm a rig rundown addict. Actually. Yeah. How do you fill? I'm your... washing those. But I gotta stop filling your hole with the neural quad core or some bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you tour under your name or do you have a band name or is it just, just Grayson Slate? I just use my name, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of one of the things I started back in Texas and I just, you know, as you kind of find who you are, right? Like, so San Antonio, huge on metal, right? It's, it's a metal city. Used to be like the heavy metal capital of the world back in the day. Like all the metal bands just come through there. And uh, so that's the culture is built on that. So when I first started bands, I was thinking metal. I was like, oh, I'm going to be, a, I'm going to be like a motorhead Megadeth, Metallica stuff, you know, and that's what I started playing. Um, I had to kind of stop that when I came out here, especially the, the more country biker bars. I needed to kind of tone it down to more blues and like Tom Petty and Bob Seger. Pretend to be Stevie Ray Vaughan if you want to really pull the Texas card, right? And I do some Stevie Ray, I do Hendrix, I do stuff like that, but, and yeah, they like that stuff, but I mix it in. I try to find where I can mesh. I like what I'm playing and they like what I'm playing. They might want something more this way, and I might want something more this way, but we try to find that group, that, that meet middle ground, right? And, and uh, so Stevie Ray is one of those, but then I, I only like to kind of touch artists, because I, I don't like to be the tribute guy, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. so I'm like, you get one or two, one or two of those, one or two yeah. of those, that's it, you know? Yeah. yeah. There's enough tribute shit in Sevierville, for sure. Yeah. Uh, see, we met in Florida, like Tampa Bay, Florida, and I mean, that's a huge metal town, too. Yeah. Bands, I mean, I'm pretty sure, I mean, Cannibal Corpse, for sure, but like Death, uh, okay, yeah. fucking trivium like there's yeah, just yeah. so many bands yeah. Creed started from Tampa <laughs> but like <laughs> yeah. the Tampa music scene what, besides the metal stuff that we saw there's a huge blues community and a lot of jazz so it was yeah. pretty diverse but a lot of old people for yeah. sure and then yeah. uh, we lived in California for a bit he lived in California longer than me but like again huge variety of music so like when I came here I lived in Memphis for a couple years so blues for sure yeah. I was in a couple R&B, like, neo-soul type bands. But yeah. when I moved here, I noticed a lot of people really like butt rock. Like, Five Finger Dick Punch still flies here. Fucking yes. Nickelback. Like, people like that shit. Yes, like, they do. I-, I can't talk shit about it. Yeah. Because I'm going to hurt somebody's favorite band. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, like, yeah. And it's, again, coming from San Antonio, it was different, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, it, you, yeah, it's, it, it's, you wonder how, like, 
when people like they're out there touring, they're getting shows and stuff, like a five finger death punch, you know, and you're just like, I didn't know anyone who really liked them. And then you come out here and you're like, oh, they have a huge fan base in other places, right? So that's why they can sell the records and do their thing, you know? Um, but yeah, they love that stuff. And, and I get requests sometimes for that stuff, but I'm like, look, I, I don't really play that. It's, you know, I try to find that middle ground. Right, finding the know? middle ground. Yeah, because yeah. I've just, regionally, there's so many things that you won't find unless you actually go there. Like, weirdly enough, Kevin Costner played here last year. I didn't even know we had a fucking band. Me either. That's the first time I'm hearing it. Exactly. I don't I know like, who that is. Uh, Waterworld. He was uh, an actor. He's in a bunch of movies. Oh. Yeah, it's probably nothing she's seen. <laughs> probably not. But, no. but yeah, you find these guys like like Johnny Depp plays in something, Keanu Reeves plays in something. I'm just like, like yeah, they all, all these yeah. dudes have a thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. But you use your name, I guess. You get somewhere and you go into some other project. Right. You know? Find your niche and fill it, right? Yeah. You got to find your... Yeah. Own. Like, I mean, that's what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so to that, that that thing, like I said, I was doing the band stuff, and then I started to really, I guess, shine myself. When I took over singing, really, right? So I had a, so before I had the band with the drum track and all the stuff where the guys quit on me, I had another band I was trying to build, and I couldn't get a singer, right? Like, because they always want to take over the band because it was my band, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and they're just like, they come in and they want to have all these things, and I'm like, dude, you're, just trying, you're singing the set we're already doing. We're already the band. We just need you to sing. It was hard to keep them in without the ego blowing up and stuff. So then I finally just told the guys, I was like, how about I just sing? You know, I'm not very good at singing. I had never sang before, but I'll carry the, the band on my back until we find a singer. When we're out there playing, somebody will walk up to us and, and sing for us probably, right? And then people just loved what I was doing. They were like, this guy's crazy. He's singing, he's shredding guitar, he's running around the room, he's doing it all. That's my that's my thing. I guess that's where they started calling me the Metal City Madman because I'm just insane. Like I do all this shit, and, and I do the sound, and I'm the manager. Like I, you know, it's my band. Band practices at my house. I own all the equipment. It's just like, like it's just this guy's crazy, you know. Well, you're making it easy on everybody. Yes, you're you're, make, you're eliminating all the excuses. I will say he he's definitely a madman because he, we started planning this show six months ago mm -hmm. in May. I had been playing the bass for three months. He's like, all you have to do is learn six more songs and write another one. And then we got to keep working on the ones that you already know. And it's like, when do I have time to do this? I have a full-time job. We got like two to three gigs every single weekend. But we made it work. Yeah. But he definitely, definitely pushed me mm -hmm. to the extent of yeah. my ability. Like he literally <laughs> just finished the last so, song. He has high expectations ago, of anybody that works week. with us. Yeah, I think this weekend. <laughs> this weekend? Or last weekend. What? Last weekend was the first time she ever played the song, the last song, my last yeah. original that she learned. So she just finished the, the, the list I gave her to finish. Like literally we're one week away from the show, you know? But I knew she could do it. Six months. She had she did it. <laughs> I was right. <laughs> You're lucky to have found somebody who goes along with you though. Because so yeah, many yeah, people are sure. like lucky. you said, their yeah, ego well. takes over. Oh yeah. Fucking I wanna learn your fucking songs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've done that to people before. Yeah. Like, I've had people be like all right, let's start a band and come at me with all these songs. I'm like, no, let's start fresh. And like, no, let's learn these songs. And they only have four songs. Yeah. But I'm like, bro, I'm not going to waste the brain space to memorize your fucking songs. Yeah. They're simple yeah. as shit. Like, yeah, yeah. So, no, I, I totally get it. You're totally yeah. lucky because I'm, I'm just as bad. Yeah. But I, I feel like it is also different for us because we are together. Yes. And I'm like, man, I want to quit my job. I want to do this. I want to do that. And it's like... Everything depends on getting this music yes. career up and running. Yeah, yeah. So, so like, she's invested. I'm That's, definitely yeah, driven yeah. to do it just as much as he is. I just don't have as much confidence in how much I can actually pull off. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, you're building that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm excited to sing next weekend because I feel like that's what's really gonna give me like the confidence I need with that part of it, and also just knowing that you know he's always the front man. People always come up to him first. They always talk to him more, and I just sometimes you know you feel like mm, nobody knows who I am. It doesn't even matter if I get up there or not <laughs> because he does the one man band thing, and people love him just as much. So you know I'm I'm still sort of like finding my place yeah. in the full the big picture look at it as taking weight off his shoulders like i'd imagine if you didn't have to do all these fucking things and <laughs> mm -hmm. have reliable people yeah you would right yeah oh yeah. yes and that's always that's my dream obviously as i grow to give stuff away right to like yeah. to, to if i could afford to have someone to book all my shows i would hire someone to do that right yeah to manage it to to make my schedule right take like pictures be assigned yeah. to your graphic take yeah. the graphic design yes. thing off of you uh, yeah. yes anything like i would I, yes 
So so think of it that way more than just like interrupting his thing because like <laughs> yeah I, I'm I'm a similar way and the the hardest part was to like learn to let go because mm-hmm. sometimes if you get so used to doing it your way for long enough yeah. it like it does feel like you're getting like encroached on a little bit like hey I know what I'm doing back the fuck off yeah. <laughs> just stay in your lane bro yeah yeah but like at the same time if you show them what you want and like yeah. communication you know yeah you can yeah. get shit. Yeah. Get it done. Yep. And so that's where I'm at. Just and, and I'm showing her even like just the marketing stuff, right? Like what I do, because I was like, hey, like market to your friends. You're from Sevilla. You know more people around here than well, you know, that you have roots with, right? Like I know a lot of people, but they're fans, they're casual people, right? So I just kind of showed her what I did. I was like, well, you here, send them this. This is what I say, just showing her how I and then so she did her part on that too. So she's coming along with seeing how much I work and why this is a full-time job, right? That why when I say I'm at, what, she's like, what are you doing? When, when she's at work texting me and I'm at home, I'm like working, you know? And yeah. she's like, well, what do you do all day? I'm like, I don't have enough time. Like if it was up to me, I would work about probably 12 hours a day, you know? That would I don't be, let him do that. That'd be my goal, you know? And that would be just like the limit, right? I'd be happy enough, but I probably want to do more like 16, but we'll do, we'll go with 12, right? But now I try to get it all in when she's at work. Like, she leaves, I work till she gets home, and then I don't work the rest of the day, right? So, but but I showed her kind of what I do, and she kind of just is growing in all kinds of ways. So I'm letting go of things, right? This yeah. next, I think if I do this again, I'll probably try to get with the promoter a little more, take off some of the promotions off of my hands, you know? I've always found, like, especially now with projects going forward, I've spent way more money on pre-production shit, not enough in marketing, not mm-hmm. enough in image, not enough in promotion. So. Yeah. All my budget henceforth is going straight to yes. that because fuck. Yes. Fuck. <laughs> and literally this show, like, like again, I did it all myself. I didn't use anyone. It was just us doing the, the, the marketing. But it is the reason the show has already sold enough tickets to break even and is in profit, right? Yeah. Without the door people even showing up yet, right? Right. This is just literally pre-sales and it's all due to me busting ass. Yep. Yeah. You know? Yeah, he'll tell you from just watching me that like I do work a full time job. I do other things too, but like yeah. when I'm, I'm every day working on some fucking yeah, he's creative doing bullshit. some production, some <laughs> yeah. music. Yeah, yeah. It, it never stops. Like even if it's like I'm like I'm sending texts and emails in the car or on the toilet at the gym. You know? Yeah, like we were at the gym mm-hmm. one day and like I'm on the stair master thing. My phone rings and somebody calls and they're like, "Hey, can you play bass?" And I was like, "Who the fuck are you?" But yeah. yeah, so like next thing you know, I'm doing that. So like it's always being ready. Yeah. Saying fuck you to my job, saying fuck you to whatever, like. Yeah, realizing that, that you can. Like that is another thing, too, I think that people don't realize because, you know, you were kind of programmed to work and be like. Comfortable? Kind of like, yeah, comfortable and like subservient to the, <laughs> to the boss and the job, almost like feeling bad about calling in, bad about quitting and going on with your dream, right? Like you kind of just are built like that. Until you wake up yeah. and you just realize that they can replace me. Oh, yeah. I can I, thank LSD for all that. <laughs> but, but that's a moment of clarity that I feel like more people. And that's, what I, that's really one of my goals out here is just inspires people. Like if it's not really about buy my music, like my music, like me, make me money. It's more like if I could just inspire people to be like, yeah, screw my job. I want to live my dream. Now do it in a structured way i mean i don't say go out there and just like be homeless and then literally die next week and then i feel bad right (laughs) save some money right (laughs) work a job save money get your craft down because that's what i did when before i did i had money in the bank to to live off of because i knew i was going to make crap when i first started yeah but it's funny he said that because when i when we first met i was ready to quit my job sell my house and jump on the road with him that was the plan. <laughs> he talked you out of that, I hope. Well, no. He was like, okay, let's do it. And then oh. my friends thought I was absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. And yes. then, like, we had known each other for like a week. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. And then just, I was like, they like me very much. came to my senses a little bit. I was like, okay, maybe I'm being a little dramatic. And maybe we should wait just small a little steps. bit. Yeah, small, small steps. Yeah. And yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so she was like, we should get a trailer to live in. <laughs> We'll pull it behind the truck. Not we'll even like a real out. trailer, like a motorcycle, a motorcycle trailer. trailer, right? So we went to go look at them, price them out. We actually have bought it now, right? Yeah. But this, we priced it out like again, it was Last like year. two weeks, like yeah. even knowing each other. So we had the price, knew what we were saving for, and I was telling, I was like, "You can do it." I was like, "It's just gonna be hard." 
right? You got to be expected to know that, that yes, I, I make enough to support myself barely. At, when I met her, I wasn't doing so good, right? Now I'm doing better. But when I first met her, it was, it was close. I was, I had to come to terms with death, really. Like, really, like I had to realize, are you going to give up or are you going to die on the road, maybe? And I, re- and I just decided that I will die. I will never work a job again. I just, no. I will either, I will be the legend that people found me on the side of the road dead with my guitar and people talk about like how cool that dude was that, that he just <laughs> had his guitar in his hand till he died, you know? Did that one job at Walmart just traumatize you for life? <laughs> yeah, I just, I just, re- I just, but it's really more the freedom of the job. Like I feel like I became alive when I started just traveling and being free. Sitting, living in parking lots like at Walmart. Pre-COVID, pre-COVID. That, we can't do that anymore, but yeah. Uh, I, I still do. I still live in the parking lots. Before I met her, literally, like yeah. in Walmarts around here, they don't, I've never had trouble once. The, I have heard people got trouble, but the, I never did. It was post-COVID, I noticed it got shitty, but uh, Sevierville, I, I used to, when I first moved here, uh, the Cracker Barrel parking lot, that was one. Uh, there's also Sevierville, that fucking, is that little RV park, and you pull in like, you know, 12, one. Uh, yeah, by Knife Forks, yeah, yeah, there's a little RV parking. Okay, fucking yeah. Pull in 12-1, leave at 6, free free place to sleep that you're not going to mm-hmm. get mugged or shot. Nice. I haven't tried that. I So I was when I was playing in Sabreville, I would stay in eat. So I, I had a Planet Fitness membership. This is where I would take a shower. So I looked like I wasn't homeless when I'd show up to places, right? Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of my that's things, important. too. Yeah, it's important. <laughs> and so I, when I told her my whole setup, she's like, that shit works. Like you're, that's why she wanted to jump with me. She's like... You could be clean and work out and stay in the AC all day just working out and do whatever. Like, you know, I was like, yeah, I spent all day at the gym, you know? Yeah. So, but, so I would stay in Morristown because there's a Planet Fitness or Maryville and Pla- at Planet Fitness. I would never stay in Sevierville. I drive in, play, and then go back. So that's always been my joke. Like, anybody I know that goes to Planet Fitness, I'm like, so how long have you been homeless? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, no shit. And li- literally, yeah. I'm like, you know, and I've met them. I've been, in, and I know who is a lot of times when I'm in the locker room. I'm like, Hey, you're like, you're like bonding with them. You're like, hey, and they're like, they don't want to admit it. And I'm like, dude, I know. Come on. Yeah. I can tell. Look the way we're dressed. We're both wearing long john underwear. I know you slept outside. I know you slept in the cold outside. Like, don't lie. You don't wear that coming from your house, you know? You pick the only gym that doesn't have a fucking contract. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. That's in all 50 states. There's and it's the most the affordable. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And so, and, I, and that was my goal. I knew that. So I was, I was like, I can, all these towns I'm playing in, there's one at least within 45 minutes of it. Always. Yes. Always. So I just like, getting my membership. This is what I'm doing. Live in my truck, taking a shower, charge my phone at the gym, and go on to my next my next thing. I think I've dropped this advice on the podcast before, but always you can get continental breakfast from all the like three star hotels. They don't know who's a guest. You just walk in, look decent, grab a plate, and do. I'm glad that you said that. I haven't tried it, but I've envisioned it because when I was at that death moment, when literally I stopped paying for food, right? Like I that was another goal I did. I was like, no more food. Only only time I will eat is when I play for my food or somebody gives it to me. Right. To save money, because I literally was bad. Like, you know, like, it was terrible. It was really bad. And, uh, but yeah, I thought about that. I was like, what if I just go you, in there? And, it, and what are they going to just say? Get out? No, no, like, yeah, yeah put that <laughs> sausage back. Fuck yeah, it. yeah. No, um, as long as calling the cops. Okay. As I'm out. As long yeah. as you yeah. don't look homeless, like yeah. you said, yeah. uh, you can grab a plate. They don't know. Well, and it depends on where you're working, too, because I've worked front desk, and I've seen a lady pull all the yogurts <laughs> in her bag. Yeah. And I'm just like, dude, it ain't even worth my time so, today. Yeah. They don't do shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, every five guys has free peanuts. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I have that. perfected the art of eating for free. Nice. Without having to dumpster dive. Without dumpster diving, <laughs> eating for free. Yes, um, I haven't gone that far, but I have eaten people who gave me, like, their leftovers after, like, because they, they were just like, hey, I'm not going to finish these fries. And I'll be like, I'll take them. I will eat those fucking fries. I'll eat those fries. Yeah, I've done that. I won't eat off of, like, their hamburger or something. I haven't gone that far, but I'll eat their <laughs> leftover fries or something, you know, or Do- extra chicken tender that's laying there. Doesn't Planet Fitness do, like, free pizza Wednesday or some shit or free pizza Tuesday? I think they do something like that or donuts or something like that i think they do i have never gone to that but yeah I, they may have stopped doing that i don't know all right but i have heard of that i have before this podcast turns into homeless advice yes <laughs> you're gonna have a whole new fan base going down a Maybe. rabbit hole here you know yeah no i could just prepare could. anyone who's listening to this and you're on the brink 
<laughs> Take these thing. notes down. Dude, you already have eight minutes of, yeah, fucking gold mining. You got Planet Fitness, <laughs> yeah. Continental Breakfast. Yes. yes, live your dream. Screw your job. Screw rent. Just pay off your vehicle, you know? Uh, this is a side of me I don't think Jay has even seen. Just barely. Get a thermal sleeping bag, right? Because it's cold out there. Fitness. Oh, yeah, you did know about the Planet Fitness. That was genius. He's yeah. like, yeah, yeah. our Planet Fitness. I'm like, All right, yeah. quick Planet Fitness story before we close out. So I went to the one in Midtown LA, which was, you know, dirty as fuck. LA is disgusting. But I'm in there. I'm taking a shower, and there is a giant pile of cum in the corner of the fucking shower. And, like, oh. it's just thick. And, like, it wasn't shampoo. Yeah. It was, like, stuck there. And I was like... But it wasn't me. <laughs> so, like, I'm going to leave the shower and someone's yeah. going to go in and they're going to think it was yep. me. So what do I do? Do I leave the shower going, it wasn't me? Because yes. that's exactly what the guy who did it would do. Yes, so yes. I just I just blasted him on Yelp over it, <laughs> telling him the same story. That was how I coped. But, yeah, it was, uh, yeah. that was like the wake-up moment of I need to get out of Planet Fitness. Yeah, well, I haven't had that so, anything that bad. My Good. worst ones are just cold water. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's never hot. It's never warm water. There are some, but I make a note of it. Like, I'm like, that's one I go to. I will skip this town because this town doesn't give a fuck about you. They, In the winter, it's like freezing outside and you need a, you slept outside. You're fucking cold. You're like, I can't wait for that warm shower. The fucking water is so cold. You just like jump in and jump out. You're like, screw this. You know, I barely want to be clean. You know, it's warm oh. at best. Yeah, it's, it's bad. Yeah. yeah. I had one that was, yeah, that was really bad. And I told her that, too, when we go to him. I was like, this is a good one. Enjoy. You know, I've already pre-checked it out, you know? Because oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I took her down to Alabama with me and on a, on a trip. She had a vacation, so I, she was able to come with me. The AC went out in the truck. In the truck, trip. so that sucked. And we were sleeping in the trailer. It was yeah. great. In yeah, the middle we of had the trailer because we bought it. It was a mattress, <laughs> mattress in there. Yeah, but it was a little hot. <laughs> this is good weather for it. It was it was in August, so it was a little hot still. Yeah, yeah. Just we we one month too early. So you got albums out. You got anything anybody can find anywhere. Spotify. Spotify. Anything on, you want to plug. Yeah. The main thing is the big show. If you are in the Sevierville, Tennessee area, um, come to the Civic Center October eighth. It's seven to ten. There's an after party at Screwballs, my favorite bar there. The one that gave me the chance. Tickets are $20. You can get them online. Look me up on Facebook on the event page. Um, you can get them online or at the door. Um, there's fees and stuff like that. It comes out to like 25 I think. But yeah, that's the biggest thing. Look me up on YouTube. Just look me up. My name's Grayson. Grayson Slade with an I. With an I. A-Y-S-I-N. Just make sure you can find me. All my songs, all that stuff's on there. A-Y-S-I-N, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so t- definitely look me up and... You know, if you want me to come to your town, if you're listening to this and you're not in my area, just shoot me a message. I always tell people, like, let me know where people are who like me. I will try to see if I can find a way to get to where you're at. Sounds good. Uh, Jay, you want to take us out? You want to play us yeah, out? We are uh, hashtag knots up. Thanks again, Grayson and Kayla, for coming on the podcast. And uh, yeah, everybody go see their show at Hell the yeah. Sevierville Civic Center. Civic Center, yes. And the date on that is? October 8th. October 8th. From 7 to 10. From yep. 7 to 10. After party, right? Out. Yeah, after screwballs. Party screwballs. screwballs. Yep, it's screwballs. a small place, so it's gonna be packed. But it's gonna be it's gonna be cool. It's it's cool people. Everyone invited is pretty much either someone I know or I have literally sold them the ticket. Like it's very personal. <laughs> literally, Big, yeah. you know, like like literally, even if I just met them to sell them a ticket. But it's like very like not just randoms. It, it's yeah. so it's gonna be a, it's like a uh, it's like a playing for your family out there. It's going to be great. Oh, you want to drop your Venmo real quick or your Cash App or do you add Grayson Slade? Cash App, yeah, just dollar sign Grayson Slade. Perfect. Yeah. Well, Thanks. donate. And donate we are to them. hashtag not soft. We're hashtag not soft.